and I just fell head over heels in love with this place. And it was full of weirdos and artists and dreamers. That was Jillian Fitzgerald, co-owner of Casement's Bar in the Mission. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, Jillian picks up where she left off in part one. After college, she lived in the Dominican Republic for a few years before picking up and moving to San Francisco in 2005. It was love at first sight. She worked at several bars and cafes before helping to open Virgil's in the Mission. Later, she and a partner started selling Bloody Mary mix, and she helped open Westberger in the Mission. But she never lost her dream of having her own Irish bar. Jillian ends the podcast talking about opening casements with her business partner, Sean O'Donovan, and how they've weathered the various COVID shutdowns. These days, you can order food and drink for pickup on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And we encourage you to do so. See Casement's website, casementsbar.com, for more info. Here's Jillian. And I worked in bars in college, too. You did? Okay, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked, um, I worked uh, in the, a clubhouse, and I worked in a bar in my li- little, little village that, like, it's just Guinness and gin and tonics, you know? What more do you need? Yeah, it's a great bar. It's, yeah. it's open today. I'm delighted. They uh, opened back up yesterday. Good. Yeah, so uh, good luck to them in Fergie's. And did you go uh, four years or, like... Yeah, I did four years. Okay. Um, and then um, another bar I worked at um, called Caffrey's. Uh, the the couple that owned it, the the gentleman that owned it, was a really dear, good friend of mine, and kind of like an like an uncle to me. He was just very like just a really good guy to me, and um, he owned a bunch of property in the Dominican Republic oh, wow. and Spain and some other places, and he's like. Do you want to come with me? Because you're finished. You've finished school and you have this degree in construction. Like, do yeah. you want to come with me and take a look at what we're doing and see if, like, if you like it or see if? Because he wanted, you know, he wanted eyes there that he could trust. And I was like, cool, I'll go. And then had you been overseas yet? I had been overseas. Like, I've been over here and I'd been. You had. Okay. Yeah, I've been around, but I'll be hundred percent honest with you. He said Dominican Republic, and I was like, I have absolutely Don't no idea where, where that is. Yeah. And I went home because I, in my brain, I thought it was like somewhere like like a former like Russian like USSR oh. state or something I was like I don't know where that is and then I looked it up on the map on the computer and um, I was like oh shit it's in the Caribbean yeah and so the next week I got on a plane with him and I went there and I was supposed to go for a week and my first stint was I think three months there um, and then I was there for four years so I've never been, but it's I... It's stunning. Yeah. It's yeah. so beautiful. The people are just absolutely yeah. the nicest people. Uh, there's a lot of... Because it's on the island of Hispaniola, so there's right. a lot of um, Haitian immigrants there, too, who are, like, fantastic people. Yeah, it's just a great melting pot. It's a wonderful... It's obviously... It's, you know, it has... It's probably, like, it's, it's, there's no middle class there, which is crazy. Okay. Okay. It's, like, very wealthy people and then very poor people. Right. Um, and so I spent my time between Santo Domingo and the, the northeast peninsula called Samana. Okay. Um, and we were building, um, on we were building an, an office 
space in the city and then like luxury houses in, on, the, on the northeast. Um, did you speak Spanish already? I did not. I knew how to say, uh, can I go to the bathroom? Sure. Or where's the bathroom? Yeah. That was about it. And I've been to Spain a bunch when I was a kid, but like I had that lazy English first language right. thing where I was like, how come everybody doesn't speak right. English? Right. Why do I got to press Why one? Why do I got to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And but I would, you learned, I'm guessing. Yeah, I did. On I the spot, the, which is <laughs> obviously the best way to learn um, any language, right? Is oh, yeah, I got thrown into it. And then in the beginning, I had like, um, I was working. So I went over with, with that man, Brendan. But then I ended up working for another group that adjacent to, to him. And the gentleman that owned it was like from Dublin, um, like very wealthy guy. And so he, I had like a driver who was like, yeah, so like he would do all the talking for me. So like after a year, I was just like, nah, I got it. Let me add it. Let me add it. So yeah. I, was, I started taking a couple of lessons and then just, I have very like, like it's it's kind of bad because that's like very slang forward. And it's very, like my Spanish, I've had to change it a lot because people don't know what I'm talking about. Because it's, it's like Cuban, Dominican Regional. and Puerto Rican Spanish is like very like, they don't finish words. They don't. Yeah. So, yep. so I get a lot. <laughs> that's like island. Island people. That's what we do. We just we're oh. just like ah. Oh. Yeah. 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 So I, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? Why do I gotta you finish the word? Finish the word. Yeah. Um, but it was four it was, years. Yeah. It was an incredible. Like I tell people, about, I was telling someone about it last night, and I was just like, it was an insane. Like, I'd go to work at like seven o'clock in the morning in like this office building on a Wednesday. And a helicopter would come and pick me and my boss up because he didn't like this. You did helicopter rides to work? It was crazy. Oh we'd God. land on a beach. Jesus Christ. And then we'd go have lunch and then go look at what he wanted to look at and then get Sounds back horrible. on the helicopter and Just be absolutely back. horrible. It was crazy. And then and then we only did that because he wouldn't fly in the little planes. But the little planes were the little four-seaters. And my nickname was... Sle I did have a nickname. It was Sleepy. Sleepy. Because... I would get on these little four-seater planes. I'd sit with the pilot in uh -huh. the co-pilot seat uh -huh. and pass out. Yeah. Because the heat, with the sun hitting you. Yeah. I got. I would get ten minutes into the flight, yeah. and I'd be like, I don't think I ever stayed awake for the whole thing. So, I'm gonna just guess yeah. on some math. So that was after college and about four more years. So, but I also heard you say that the idea for this place was about ten years ago. Yeah. So that must have come roughly next. Yeah. Right? I. I landed, I think I was in, I landed in the DR oh. when I was 21. Right, out of And then I left college. when I was 23 or 24, okay. and then came straight here. Okay. So I've been here 13 years, so I left when I was, so it was three years, three and a bit, and change in three the DR. Change. Can we talk about why? What brought you here? Oh, well. And had you visited before you decided? Yeah, so I, I there's a there's a visa program called J1, which I'm sure a lot of people listening are aware of or heard of, and Irish children take it to maximum with it. So the program sort of, you know, you go down to Fisherman's Wharf or you go down and you see all these Irish kids trying to rent you bikes or sell you oysters, and the kids from Romania and Slovenia and 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 like like South Africa are all working their asses off saving money and the Irish kids are just blowing it through their pockets so I came here and I worked um, at a place in Fisherman's Wharf called Tiernan's which is now 
this place called Starbucks. Okay. Starbucks, oh, yeah, Starbucks. I think that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And um, I've heard of it. I think. It's across from the Buena Vista Cafe. Right. And I was so cheeky. They loved me in there because they put me in the front because people would come in and be like, is this the place you get that famous Irish coffee? And I'd be like, it sure is. Come on in. Um, so I lied to so many tourists. I'm so sorry. Awesome. Um, hey, no, you gave them a good time. I, they had, they had a I great think we time. Had a, we had a better We had a better one. And anyway. they went home telling people, I only paid, what, $2 for Yeah, right. And, um, hey, can I, sorry, can I back up yeah. real fast, though? Like, what was it about San Francisco? Like, what, you know? Well, I... The reason to Could come anywhere. Here, it's so funny. I, I uh, when I listened to one of your podcasts the other day, I think I heard you ask somebody that, and I was trying to remember. We stopped in Chicago for a couple of days, and I think the rationale behind coming to San Francisco was it was the furthest place away that we could get with for value for money without being in Hawaii. Um, and I think I'd seen like some movies growing up and then my grandparents had visited here and there's a lovely picture of them that I, I like at Golden Gate Bridge and they'd been they came here in the 60s they went to Mexico on a farming trip nice. <laughs> I worked nice. on our, our agricultural trip um, nice. and yeah I think I'd always had it in my head I think that James Bond movie with um, Grace Jones you do a kill mm-hmm. yep. and then uh my dad is always, you know, he's big into like the older TV. I watched a lot of TV with my dad growing up. So, okay. um, yeah, he was always in the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. And, and yeah, it just was interesting. I remember it watching just drew like. you in. Yeah, and there was like, there's this weird TV in England that like, it's like almost like porn. It's so strange. It's called Euro Trash and it was John Paul Gaultier's show. And I used to watch, that, like as a teenager, watch that. Yes. And, um, they would do, they did specials on like San Francisco and like the Castro and the, the um, handkerchiefs in your pocket, like explaining all that. And so I think I was just like, whoa, this is like magical, so different than where I'm from. I want right. to go to this place. So that versus what your impression when you got here? Oh, well, I have to say <laughs> some weird I, stuff I really happened. love people's first. Well, in my head, so I did that stupid thing where and I have so many friends who come over here and I'm like, bring clothes. I was going to say, bring short, shorts in July. Sweat. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah. Baywatch, you know, I loved yeah. Baywatch growing up. I lo- I rewatched it recently, it's shit. It's total it's shit. It's so bad, it's just But boobs. it's California, and so that's, yeah. well, boobs um, and, ca- right. It's boobs but, and bodies, but it's right. absolute horseshit. It's not that I had that idea in my head, but when we flew over Daly City, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then... I we love the like Grayley City. June, yeah. yeah. And I, Daily City's lovely, but. I love Daily City. It, it was foggy yeah. and it was cold, and yep. I was like, what the? And then right. we took. And you, you lived in on the island also. Yeah. So. And I was like, and so we we took Bart. It was, my, it was with my sister and a friend of ours, Orla. And um, we took Bart and we came out at Union Square. And I'm not messing. It was so cold. Yeah. And the first person that I saw. He's dead now, but was the guy that has the rat with the cat with the... Oh, yeah. That guy? Yeah. And I was like, what is this place? I love it. Right. This is perfect. I was just like, weird and cool. Mm -hmm. And so we stayed in a hostel for like a week and then... Wait, who's we? Oh, my sister and I and... uh, So we came here for a summer. Oh, got it. Sorry. Um, 
and that's this is my first time here. Got it. And uh, we stayed in a hostel for a week. Like off of Union Square? Yeah, hostel? it's yeah. still there, I think. And then we were looking on Craigslist for somewhere to live, and we found this apartment next to, it's on Bay, next to like O.J. Simpson's old school, the, the football oh, Galileo, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Galileo, yeah. yeah. And it's this beautiful, like gorgeous, like absolutely gorgeous building. And I was like, oh, now we're gonna get this. And so I went in, we pretended that uh, we were, I was a nurse and there was only one of me. And he was like, you're gonna have to look after my cat. And I was like, ugh. Who the and landlord the, said that? The, we were subletting from a oh, guy for three months or four months. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm a nurse. Yeah, 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 sure. Yep, yeah, yeah. Quiet as a mouse, that's me. And then um, we, this albino cat with red eyes. Yeah. Still haunts my dreams. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we looked after this cat. And then, so I lived in the most beautiful building. Um, I can't was... remember how much rent was, but it was not that much. Roughly, Between three. <laughs> roughly 10 years ago? or how, Oh, this was, was 15 years ago, 15, I think. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I was talking to one of the guys last night who I worked with. So uh, myself and Mark DeVito, who owns Standard Deviant uh, Brewing. Odie owns Dirty Nellies. And then I'm still friends with a couple of the girls, too. So it's like, I, um, and a bunch of them went, are from San Francisco, went to high school here. But I'm still friends with... Um, with them and like they showed me like I didn't have the touristy thing I had the like zeitgeist and like I even went to like bars in the marina which oh, yeah well, we don't yeah to find um, out to find out what that they I'm are not for me yeah. um, get a crash course a dive bar crash course yeah and then went nice. all around Polk Street and then like went was definitely in the mission a bunch and we'd go to house parties here and so, yeah. so I had this other experience that like it was much more of a local experience yeah um, and I just fell head over heels in love with this place and it was full of weirdos and artists and dreamers and like I think the main difference between you know I have a f I firmly believe San Francisco is gonna bounce back from this and it's gonna the reason so many boring people moved here is because their job was here. I moved here because I love San Francisco. And those people are here because their job is here. Speaking and of tax breaks. Speaking of tax breaks, yeah. And it's not, it, I, I feel sorry for them. I was like, these kids that would come and I'd be like, you wouldn't even do well in like a two tier city in the Midwest. Like you want to be like in like suburbia by the time you're 23. And right. You, and you're here and you don't want to be here and you have no friends and you spend all your money on rent and everyone thinks you're rich. And nobody likes you. If <laughs> like I can awful. generalize, they, you know, a lot of them um, worked at places where they, they would buy all the meals for you. And it's like, yeah, I do. What's that? You're yeah. driving up the rent and driving families and generations out, but not, I'll stop editorializing. No, but you know no, what I mean? No, I totally, yeah. and like I, like I, I really did try really hard when the when people were sitting at the bar and I would meet these young men and I would like I I'd be like you have to do me a favor you stop getting your hair cut at work you have a barber in your neighborhood you need to know his name right you need to get your laundry your dry pick up your own nobody's yes. that busy yes. come on able-bodied people using Amazon yeah. while the bookstore and, and then they give out the, the Oh, this place is dirty and this place is, well if That's, you know ordering from amazon and it'll know. keep being dirty yeah um, um so. we're, we've got a lot but yeah. i do want to hear the story of of here this okay place. So, so 
take us through. You you got your apartment and yeah. So so Sean and I worked um, at a bar called Nikki's. This Sean. This Sean. Yeah. So Sean and I worked. At, Sean, my business partner here. He and I worked at a bar called Nikki's um, in the Lower Haight, Solaire. Yeah. Um, and you know, while we were closing up the bar at nighttime, or we were talking, we're, we're very good friends, and we were talking about like how we could help out in Ireland and with the recession that was going on, and you know how if we had our own bar, what would it look like? And so then it started this idea. This is like '09 or yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, from that we I moved I moved away from Nikki's and I started my own bar with um, Leela and Tom over at um, Virgil Sea Room. Oh yeah. Um, and after a couple of years, I sold my shares there to like focus more on other projects that I was working on. I had a company with my friend Kelly who owns McVicker Pickles, and she and I did a do a Bloody Mary mix called Proud Mary. Yes, very delicious, spicy, and for two white girls, one from Kansas and one from Ireland, that's pretty spicy. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> we like we both like spice, and I wanted to focus more on on those projects, um, and so I ended up helping open a couple of different bars around the city and then my friend Wes who owns West Burger oh yeah um, I was Texas like me yeah 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 yeah. that's why um, I love his burgers I'm like they taste like my parents burgers they're just burger. nostalgic they're like, it's, perfect it's, yeah. per- they're perfect they're yeah. just nostalgic I don't like I, he knows this I don't like tots okay and that's because it's like nostalgia. you want to have fries or just because you grew up eating tots that's why you like tots well I grew up with both and you know crinkle? what I mean? Like, yes, he, like, yes, like yes. I did not eat tots as a right. child. Yeah. I only, the first time I ever had them was there. And I was right. like, I don't like these. They don't do anything I was like, you. I want french fries. Have you had um, them with queso? Yeah, no. no? I also okay. didn't grow up with queso. So <laughs> no one grew up with queso. Texas. <laughs> yeah. It's very tough. When he was opening, I'm, I got to meet Chris Hastings. Um, and Chris owns The Lookout. And we were at Trick Dog one night after, I think maybe we... He just opened Westburger. I was gonna. I worked with him. I was like, I'll stay for three months and help you open it up and get everything going. And at Westburger. At Westburger, okay. yeah. Because I, I love opening places. This yeah. Time. And I, I, the sixth time we opened here, I decided I don't like opening places anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll be we'll be seven on Tuesday, by the way. Right. In right, a year. Right. Um, but I kind of I explained to him. I was like, look, I have this idea love to like run it by you someday and I kind of gave him the gist of it and he was like okay so I took him here <laughs> and we sat this is gas light yeah, gas yeah. so I took him here and I because he lives around he lives close by right and, and Westburger's right there yeah and then we sat in the middle of the bar and I and I I gave him I pitched him I gave him the idea for what Sean and I had been talking about for years and he goes okay he's like let's let's start looking and he goes, what, what, what do you, what can you, what do you want to feel like? And I was like, I want it to feel like this, this bar. This place. This is the bar that I want to feel like. So, cut to two years later, we were in escrow in three different places. We looked at twelve places. We were wrote business plans for five places. Can you tell me the three that you're in escrow for to make it manageable? No. Just like where casements you could have been. Uh, Neighborhoods. One in Soma. Yeah. Uh, one in the lower haze, which is an That's, one. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was also in the mission. Okay. So okay. I think casements can work anywhere. It's okay. Right. But, yeah. Um, but so 
We sat at Linnea, we were having a coffee, and I was right. working at Mission Bowling Club at the time. I did the, the bar program there. Okay. And I was on my way to work, and I met Chris and Sean, and we sat down, and I said, look, this is just like, I can't deal with this anymore. This is too much. I was like, I'm going to write the guy that owns that bar a, le a letter, and I'm going to ask him if he'll sell it to us. And they were like, okay, do that. So I went into work, into a Mission Bowling Club, and a rep for Fort Point came in and he overheard me talking about it. And he said, you know what I heard today? I heard they're trying to sell it. So he walked me up here and I met the guy's name's Roger and started talking to him and then explained what we were trying to do. And then we made an offer eventually. And then after a lot of, you know, the usual back and forward, we got the keys and we got the keys early November last year. 19. 2019 we got the keys November. we opened s softly David Marks is here he's our interior designer and he he's also did Virgil's and also did Westberger oh, there you go. Um, and so you know the morning of we there's no paint on the walls we okay. had no we had no money we yeah. decided to open softly for my birthday which is November 20th Okay, 2019. Just a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Right. Um, Happy birthday. Was our one year anniversary. Thank you. Um, and then what we did was we opened for like four or five days a week, and we did construction in the morning and tried to make some money at nighttime. Yeah. And by January, we were able to put the sign outside, uh, and we opened up January. I think it was 19. I'm very very proud of where I'm from, yeah. and um, like. When we started the bar, Sean and I, in the beginning, when we started talking about the idea of this 10 years ago, wow. um, the Irish economy was in a huge recession, and like it is again today, for different reasons. And, um, you know, a big, a big focus for us was like, well, if we can't be there, and like, if we're not, how can we help? So it's like, how can we push new product and new, so like the whole concept around the bar is, okay, there's, for an example, there's Sleeve Lake Distillery in County Donegal. I was like, well, I want to be the first person to carry that in America. Right. They can't afford to have a rep here. I'll right. be their rep. Like, right. I'll, you know, I'll Just push it forward for them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, all the staff here are, like, very well versed in whiskeys and, and gins and emerging products and puchines. And, like, that's our goal. Our goal is to make sure people understand that it's not just Jameson. Like, Jameson is wonderful and all, but it's, it's not just Jameson. More than when Six did weeks. you first hear of the virus? I was in Ireland. Um, we didn't, we obviously worked through the holidays and we worked through everything. And we, Sean and I both decided that we needed to go home. So he went home for a week and the, the week of the Super Bowl. And then I went home the week after. And, no, the week before that, sorry. Kind of a tag team kind of. Yeah, we tagged to make like sure one, one day over. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and. Uh, I was going, driving down to Dingle, which is in Kerry, and uh, I was in the car with my parents, and there was a talk radio show on, and people call in, it's called Joe, Joe Duffy, and they always call in, and they're giving out, and it's old, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a great show, All right. but um, a Chinese man um, who lives in Ireland, who owns a Chinese restaurant, came, was on it, and he was like, he's like, my business is down 80% because there's this virus in China, and people think, that somehow that correlates to me. The same way people think Corona beer, you know, the sales or whatever. Yeah, all the racism that comes in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, right, right. And so like, he was just on the radio and he was just like, I'm dying here. Like, and you I heard don't this. Know. 
yeah he's like he's like i don't know what to do about my business and i was like that is insane i can't believe someone would like put those two things together right and i was just like that like and then in my head i thought like sars like i was like that maybe is the height of what's going to happen with this right. you know wasn't worried about it at all yeah and then came back here and then we decided uh st patrick's day was going to be our pride so we were like all right this is our pride week so i made a full week of events we had a drag queen coming in on Sunday to do kids stories so they could learn about like Irish folklore. We had tastings, we had traditional Irish music, we were gonna show movies, we were gonna show these, like this, uh, you know, the, more the cultural side of stuff, not just the drinking side of right. stuff. And obviously the drinking side too, but. Um, and so, the, I think it was the. And that's right when it happened. Paddy's day was the 17th, so yeah, that's we had right to when close on the 15th. Yeah. So we'd been open for six weeks. Oh my God, please hang on to those plans. I know. For whenever we can, right? Right. Oh yeah, 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 there's, oh no, their, their calendar's ready to go. My Yves Saint Croissant is ready to tell children's stories. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it, it uh, was an absolute, like, punch to the stomach, like, yes. for everybody. Right. I'm, like, I, I'm, I'm smiling and I'm happy because, like, there's nothing else I can do. We did nothing wrong. We, all we've done is work our asses off and try and push other people forward. And everybody's pushed us forward. And I have zero regrets about 2020. So I was gonna say here we are nine months later, and the business is obviously still. I mean, this is the last day. Last day we can do this, but we were so fortunate because we didn't have procedures and practices in place. And I feel really sorry for people who have businesses for. X amount of years because it's really hard to switch because when you've done something one way for so long we were like well we don't know what we're doing right we have to do this thing now fine okay we have to do this thing now fine okay so when we heard about this I was like okay like like the only thing that's upsetting and has been keeping me awake and, and anxiety through the roof is our staff and like right. like we'll be fine me and Sean will be fine me and Chris will be fine like we're, we'll be fine the bar will probably be fine but I just worry about my all my friends in the industry, and you know, it's just I don't start crying, sorry, but like it, no, it's, it's okay. just it's just awful. You spoke a little bit about your feeling that San Francisco is gonna oh definitely recover and I'm so excited and be for better. It. Is if I can put words in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about? It? And you kind of touched on it, but what are your feelings and and let's just say hopes for for this place? For this place, is um, that going to be part of San Francisco coming yes. back? The thing that we're trying to put across to people about an Irish bar is it's not an Irish bar is not really about what the aesthetic an Irish bar is more it's a community space for your community whatever your community is because right. it doesn't matter right because if you go into an Irish bar in the middle of Kilmesson where I'm from it's the bar it's the only bar there more or less sorry Thorns um, there's another bar called Thorns um, but it's the only bar there, so like, you are in a bar with an 85-year-old, you are in a bar with a 19-year-old, you are in a bar with a 35-year-old. You're all listening to the same music, you're all right. doing the same thing. And so, after a funeral, that's where you go. When someone dies, that's where you go. You talk, like, that's, it's community, and that's what we have since the day we opened, and during, all the way through COVID, when this, like, the stud is like, a. They're very dear, dear friends of ours. Mm -hmm. when, when that closed, 
they they all come here and I, a lot of their patrons come here because yeah. they feel comfortable here because it's a space for everybody and like there's there could be a bunch of Irish lads sipping away on pints of Guinness in the corner and there could be like a drag queen sitting across from them and that literally is why I love San Francisco. That was Jillian Fitzgerald. On the next episode of Storied San Francisco, you'll get to know Tony Karachi, current owner of Black Star Pirate Barbecue. Please join us for episode 48 next Tuesday. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me. Michelle and I have produced more than 140 episodes over the last three years, and you can find them all at our website, storiedsf.com. While you're there, please check out our store, where in the month of December, we're donating proceeds of all sales to Supply Hope Info, a new nonprofit helping students with distance learning. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can like, comment, and share the stuff we put out. Find our shows just about everywhere you can listen to podcasts, including most recently BFF.fm's new podcast network. Please subscribe to stay up to date on all the content we publish. We love feedback, so if you have any, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay safe, wear a mask, and stay healthy. is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.